Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today we have Marie in the studio and we're doing a live via TikTok. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Pierre. This is so much fun. I'm experimenting with TikTok live and then you will have it on the regular podcast as well. And I started this podcast and the purpose is definitely to help people that are navigating divorce, people that are in the middle of divorce, stuck and I haven't gotten traction. I went through divorce myself six years ago. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my whole life. To have support, both via friends and family and a coach and a mentor, or a podcast and having you know support around is one of the most important things. You've gone through divorce as well. You were married for 25 years. I was married for 20 years. You uh, have two young adult children and you've been divorced now for three years mm -hmm. and uh, you're living the best life but uh, it took some work some to work. get to that spot it wasn't without friction to go through the divorce I was married for 25 years and it was about a year before our 25th anniversary and my ex said i love you but i'm not in love with you and from that my world just crumbled i mean i was totally blindsided i had no idea where this was coming from and just from that day forward, he started treating me differently, just picking fights more. I mean, we've never really fought a whole lot, but I think he started discarding me, the discarding phase. He had somebody else, and I didn't know about it at the time. And a few months after he told me that, kind of got evidence that there was something going on. That's when it all blew up and tried counseling and by that time, I mean, it's too late. And here is a short message to my listeners. Every Wednesday, we have a group coaching for anyone that's dealing with divorce or breakup and that wants help in a group setting. It's via Zoom, and you can sign up via the link in the bio below. We're usually around 10 people, and uh, we have a great community where you can uh, just show up, hang out, ask you questions. And we also have a shorter type of uh, workshop where we talk about different subjects. And uh, we have recently been talking about uh, how to go from being lonely to having awesome friends. So please join us every Wednesday. Sign up via the link below. And now back to the podcast. You take care. Bye. I yeah. mean, I think he already, in his mind, chose this other person, yet he was telling me, oh, let's work on it. But his actions weren't matching his words. And I just think this counseling session isn't gonna work. And so we stopped counseling and he, we pretty much separated in the house where he lived in the basement and I lived in our master bedroom and just kinda pushed through it till my daughter graduated from high school. And then we kind of went our separate ways. He got a place and I have a place and we sold our main house. And the whole time I thought to myself, I can make this work. I can convince him to choose me. I played the pick me dance. Pick me. Why do you want this other person? I'll change. And looking back at that, I'm just like, never again will I do that because I know my worth. But at that time, I wasn't strong enough to make that decision for myself. And he made it for me by choosing to move out and move separate lives. 
thinking back at him, I'm glad he made that decision because I don't want to live my life walking on eggshells and wondering who he's talking to, where he's at. I'm glad he made that decision. So that's what happened. And divorced, empty nester, all in one swoop. It was a very hard time for a while. I've heard many people trying to make it work after infidelity and trying to work things out, but it's tough. You mentioned you had a lot of friction in the divorce afterwards. What was the reason why I ended up with a lot of friction? And uh, have you been able to work through that? I would say the friction is just the betrayal. Is that I thought this person, when I made a vow to stay together, I honored my vow. I was loyal. I don't know. I just was so devastated that the betrayal and him moving on and finding someone else, that's what probably caused a lot of the friction. And then you have your kids. I don't know. I felt hurt because they would go do stuff with their dad, which I understand now. I mean, it took me a long time to understand they do need their dad in their life. Yeah. And I just need to get past it. And now they have time with him at the holidays and me at the holidays and everything's just split up. And I just did not want that. But the mistake I probably made is listening to too many people give me advice and not really sticking with my own gut. Yeah. Because a lot of people said, you need to stick with it. You need to work on it. And I'm like, you know, when someone's treating you so badly, I shouldn't have listened to some of them. But I did fight. And I can honestly say I tried because I did not want it to end. I didn't want to end for my kids. I didn't want to end it for myself. I didn't want to be labeled divorced because it is a label. Yeah. I mean, society kind of looks at you differently because I did. I did it. Other women and men who are divorced. I'm like, why are they divorced? So I really had to get a different mentality. I dealt with a lot of shame going through the divorce because my mm-hmm. parents were married throughout their lives mm-hmm. and uh, having so many couples as friends. And I didn't want to talk about me going through a divorce, especially with right. the people that, that was close and mm-hmm. uh, family and friends. And uh, that took a long time for that shame. I didn't really understand what shame was. Right. And uh, it wasn't until I started sharing what I was going through with people that that shame started dissipating. I don't know if it's something that you dealt with. I think so. Just speaking to people who've been through the process. I mean, my married friends did not understand. They could relate a little bit, but you don't know the depths of the emotional roller coaster that you're on when you're going through divorce and they just don't get it. So I had to find a new tribe I had a bunch of girlfriends that, friends of friends of a friend who we all kind of got together and I just reached out to them and said, hey, let's go to dinner and talk. And I found a divorce group and that helped and therapy helps and you just have to do a, it's a lot. I mean, I never thought I would be this age and divorced, not in a million years. Yeah, it's... uh... It was definitely a, a difficult journey, but the, mm-hmm. the key, I think, is to find 
The best is to find people that have already gone through what you're going through. My counselor told me and the coach to reach out to a few friends, but mm-hmm. the people that I reached out to first had not gone through divorce. Like my brother has a very good marriage, but you know, he cared, he listened, but never felt that he was really understanding me. He probably wasn't. It wasn't until I found one guy in our Bible study in, in our life group at church that had gone through a divorce a year earlier. And then we started roommating for, for a year and a half. That was one of the best things because I was so lonely and now I had a friend to talk to and uh, yeah. also somebody that gone through the same thing I had gone through. And mm-hmm. so that was uh, now in ret- retrospect, it was absolutely perfect because he had a lot of friction too in his divorce when we were going through this. So mm-hmm. being able to do it together was really, really good. You say right now you're doing very well. So how mm-hmm. have you been able to transition to navigate, I usually say, into this spot where you're feeling a lot better. Can you share your journey there? And what have you learned about yourself in this journey? I read a lot of self-help books, listened to a lot of podcasts, had to understand exactly what grief was. I mean, that's the first time someone really ever broke my heart. He was my first serious boyfriend. And I met him when I was 19. And I had to do research because I had no idea how to deal with heartbreak. So I really had to Google and find books. And I found a Facebook group from the author. One of the books, she had a Facebook group. Joining a divorce group helped. Therapy. I mean, it's a lot. I don't know how anybody could go through divorce and not have some kind of resource to help them through that grief because there is a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of labels and it's a lot to have to deal with by yourself. Yeah, heartbreak is difficult to deal with when you have, for example, I was married for 20 years. To have that heartbreak and and breakup, that was uh, excruciating. Right. That pain. And guys usually probably have a little bit more difficulty to handle this emotional roller coaster that you're not mm-hmm. used to. So did right. you take any steps? You said you read self-help books, you had a counselor. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. got you out of that state into this state you're right now where you're feeling good about life? Is it just time or is it steps that you've taken to get to this point? I had to rebrand myself. I mean, when you're known as a couple, I was a wife, and now I'm a single person, it's a huge difference. That was probably the biggest adjustment was going from a wife to a single person. Yeah. And not to have that other person there. And who am I? I met this person when I was 19, and now here I am single again, many years later, who am I besides this person's wife? Because I was a stay-at-home mom for 19 years. I really had to evaluate. I went and found a job, and I'm grateful that really helped me get my confidence back and just get me out of the house and give me a purpose. It was hard. In my divorce group, the leader used this example of this Japanese art. It's called kintsugi, 
and it's where they take pottery and break it and then they put it back together with gold. Oh, I've seen And that. yes, and it's kind of represents that when you're broken, you Yeah. have imperfections, you have flaws, and then they put it back together and make this beautiful piece of art. Yeah. And that's kind of what I consider just building myself back up into something stronger, something more beautiful. And that's how I had to just build myself back up. And there are certain steps that I did take, such as um, affirmations. Okay. Huge fan of affirmations. I put them on post-it notes all over my bathroom mirror. I would change them out probably once a week. I am enough. I am worthy of love. I am funny and people laugh. I just did a lot of affirmations and tried to do positive self-talk. Yeah. That helped just not being so hard on myself. I mean, you have to give yourself a lot of grace and, and just understanding that I had a lot of, I don't know if you had this pair, but I had a lot of brain fog. I just I couldn't, did. I couldn't focus on anything. I had to write everything down. I mean, Yeah. when your world is just shattered like that, I'm just Yeah. like, I couldn't think of any, like just do anything for a long time. I was just like going through the motions of life. I felt like I was in a fog. I usually explain it uh, like I was sitting in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean, uh, Mm not -hmm. seeing the horizon. And then when you're rowing, you don't see the progress. And you're rowing and you feel like you're taking steps, but you don't see any progress. And that's so difficult if you're doing, especially if you do it yourself. Initially, I was doing this self, but then I got a counselor, I got a coach, I got a mentor, and they helped me see the process Mm -hmm. because they're viewing from a different perspective. So they can Right. see your process and they can be your cheerleader. They can help you along this Right. journey because it's so difficult when you're just focusing on you. And a lot of times you have these negative thoughts that bombard yourself and you're feeling bad about yourself. And then you stop exercising, you stop eating well, and it's just a downward spiral. And you need to turn that spiral around and, and make it an upward spiral and, and Exactly. start doing the good things that you know is going to work. Like start exercising, getting, Yes. start eating right. And Right. uh, that can be very difficult when you're depressed and when you're Right. down. Just talking to yourself that you can get through this. And I think gratitude is another Oh, yeah. thing that was huge. I made, I know my therapist, when she talked to me, she's like, you need to write down three things you're grateful for every day. And they can't be the same things. Oh, wow. So eventually <laughs> you run out and yeah. then it causes you to look around every day to find something that you're grateful for. Yeah. It really makes you think because Yeah. you do run out. Trust me, I ran out. I'm like, OK, I better go and watch the sunset tonight so I can write that down. Yeah. I mean, there's just I mean, it was great advice. You do take a lot of things for granted. And I'm like, Yeah. oh, that is that sunset is beautiful. And. You know, I the think leaves that's a changing. practice uh, that uh, we all should do on a regular basis. Mm I do it every morning Uh, and I visualize the things that I'm uh, grateful for. I shared a video about that -hmm. and uh, I, I do that every morning. And I think that's if you're living the best life right now and uh, Mm -hmm. you're not doing it, start doing it anyway. 
because right. when you're going to hit a road bump, you know, in the future, we're all going to have this journey. It, it, sometimes everything is good and everything is, sometimes everything goes bad. So, but if you have those habits, those good habits already instilled in you, right. uh, the, these difficult times are going to be a piece of cake. I love that analogy about the pottery because mm -hmm. uh, not only is it fixed, but you can see the fixes. Right. I've right. seen you those see gold the cracks. The cracks. And uh, yes. you can see that as a divorced person. I don't have any shame about my cracks because of mm -hmm. the divorce. And I show them quite visible because I'm transparent and vulnerable with people. And mm -hmm. I think that's very attractive to show off those cracks right. because right. that's life. You've lived life and you've mm -hmm. had a journey through life. And we all get scars in this journey. And right. uh, I think when people can be transparent about themselves, that's so attractive. It's a dating tip for free. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very attractive when someone right. can be transparent. And I think that's especially mm -hmm. for guys to be open and transparent when you're out on a date. I think right. women really appreciate that authenticity. That's a mm -hmm. hard word to say. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's uh, such a great example with yeah. that vase and seeing those mm -hmm. gold things around it and bearing right. that and being proud of them. And right. it makes that vase amazing compared to that, right. just the ordinary one. Right. It's plain. <laughs> and then it makes yeah. it just special and stronger. I mean, I just visualize it's a stronger vase because of that. Yeah. So, I so mean, this, I definitely feel stronger. That's awesome to hear. I've never felt better in my whole life. And I usually say the catalyst was a wake-up call. Uh, mm -hmm. I needed that wake-up call, even though mm -hmm. I didn't want it. And it was a catalyst to uh, mm -hmm. really change my life around. So the divorce started like six and a half years ago, but I started even before that because of all the strife in our relationship. So probably almost mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I started on this journey of it, like right. a transformation and uh, you, you call it rebranding. I'd love to hear more about how you do that. How was your rebranding? And, and why did you come to that point that you needed to rebrand yourself? I just needed a different mindset and image of myself because I was always my ex's spouse because he was in a career where I was expected to go to um, a lot of charity events and I met a lot of people and I always had to be by his side and I was always like his wife and that's the title I have. Yeah. And I'm like, so I had to really think, what do I want to do? Well, who do I want to be? This is the time of your life. When this happens, this is your chance to create something better. I mean, I feel so much better now than I did. The benefits of rebranding yourself is you're more confident. It boosts your confidence. You get more comfortable in your skin. I wanted to be a role model for my kids. I yeah. want to show them that I got through it, I'm stronger, I'm happier, and they can get through it. Or heartbreak, even if someone breaks their heart because yeah. they're dating. With my experience, I can give my kids that advice. I can give them advice because I've been through the heartbreak. I've done the steps, but the key is you have to grieve, you have to forgive, and 
you have to get right on those points first before you kind of rebrand yourself. You've got to accept, you got to go through that grieving process and you got to, that's the hardest part of it is going through that grieving process and get to forgiveness because that just frees you from a lot of bitterness. I don't know if you know anybody who's gone through divorce and they're bitter. Ten years later, they're still bitter. Yeah. And I didn't want that for myself. Yeah. I mean, that's not a good place to be. You know, now, how did you deal with the, the forgiveness? I know you and I talked about that a little bit before. Mm-hmm. How did you go through that? Uh, and have you dealt with it? In one of the books I read, they suggested writing a letter to yeah. your ex. And, of course, not mail it. Or yeah. send it to them or anything like that. Just burn it or whatever. And so I wrote out a letter and said everything I wanted to say. And forgiveness is not for them. You know, I'm not really forgiving him. It's for me. Yeah. It's for me to release everything that he did to me and say, you know what? I hope he's happy now. And that's, you have to get to that point where yeah. I hope he's happy now because yeah. I'm happy if I meet someone and they bring happiness into my life, I mean, things happen for a reason. I firmly believe that. And I think, you know, you have to believe that God, things happen for a reason and there's something better out there for me. Forgiveness can <laughs> definitely be a difficult. Uh, I hear so many people that have so much hatred towards their right. exes. And right. that's just going to hold you back. And mm-hmm. it's going to also affect your next relationship because right. of that uh, negativity and hatred towards another person. And I don't think you're really ready for a new relationship until you have dealt with that, dealt mm-hmm. with the grieving process. And uh, forgiveness is part of that. And uh, right. forgiveness is uh, just, I don't need to talk to the other person. I don't need to say it to my ex in the face. I just mm-hmm. say, I forgive you for what you did. Right. I've asked for forgiveness for my part. I think it's always two parts in a, in a relationship, right. why things fail. And um, right. I've heard a, a good uh, analogy about when your accusations cease against mm-hmm. the other person, that's when you're mm-hmm. truly forgiven. Right. Yeah, I read this book. One of the books, if you have infidelity in your marriage, it's called Leave a Cheater, Gain a Life. And it's the author is so funny and... It was really powerful because she would talk about all the things just kind of to help you to get through that dark time when you feel so betrayed. And she makes light of it. Not that she just uses humor at that painful time. And that's really what I needed. You need to laugh. I mean, I needed to laugh. I needed humor in my life at that time because, I mean, in that book is so funny And I gave it to my neighbor because I was outside walking my dogs. And I stopped and just introduced myself because she just moved to the neighborhood. And she's like, yeah, I'm going through a divorce. And she was telling me that her ex is infidelity also. So I said, oh, I have a book for you. So I brought her over the book. And I go, sorry, it's all highlighted up and (laughs) underlined and starred. And I mean, I just went crazy on this book. I mean, I probably read it. I don't know, probably two or three times because it's, it just gave me my power. That was another huge thing that helped me is 
kind of cutting off social media. I cut his social media. I cut all his family's social media. I just don't think they really need to know what I'm doing in my life. And I don't really want to know what they're doing in their life. And it kind of gave me my power back. I wanted, you know, you, you sit there and think, why did this happen? Why did he do that? What did I do? What did, how could I have done things differently? And you, I mean, that's just like a rabbit hole that you keep going down. And this book really can put in perspective their mindset okay. of what's in the mind of someone who cheats. But yeah. it's a really good book. I highly recommend that book. It's, yeah. it's funny and she has terms that I can't say on TikTok <laughs> that she uses for them. It, it's a really good book. I really enjoyed that book and that helped me. Yes. I started reading books pretty much when we started having problems reading self-help books. Mm -hmm. And I've read many of them. We're going to come to that too. But the rebranding, I, I really feel that I can see that you have done a rebranding because I can understand that if you're home with the kids, you have a certain mm -hmm. way uh, of living. And then mm -hmm. suddenly you're a single mom, you're starting right. to work. So it's a very big switch right. in mm -hmm. that process. What are the ways uh, that you have done that? Is there anything in particular? I haven't known you very long, but I <laughs> yeah. like your attitude and you, you seem like a very strong person. Mm. And I can see how going through divorce, you can be very injured. Right. I exercise every day, try to eat healthy, a lot of self-care. I used to never spend money on myself. I oh. never used it. I get my nails done. There you go. I mean, I'll go for a massage occasionally. Yeah. I just kind of, I'm like, you know what? I need to spend money on me. And another thing that my therapist was telling me when I first went through this is she was saying, you need to just keep things in your home even people, you need to ask the question, do they bring you joy? And I mean, I am like, well, does that bring me joy? If it doesn't bring me joy, just eliminate it. I think I changed my whole bedroom up when I moved, you know, just kind of changed everything just to make it my own. I just yeah. kind of the rebranding is just making, making, you know, I'm just making myself just a better, stronger Marie. I love I, that you have this pamper yourself through this process. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that's important too, to eat right. Retail well, therapy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so. going to the store and buying something, it kind of. And the thing about the, surrounding yourself with friends that lift mm -hmm. you up because you become like your five closest friends. Yes. And if you have people among your closest friends that are quite negative, negativity affects you when you have people that all they talk about is negative things. Right. And uh, that's also going through divorce. I think uh, this is just advice for if you guys are going through divorce, don't talk about your divorce with everybody because you're going to lose mm -hmm. a bunch of friends if you talk about your divorce constantly with people. Select right. a few people, maybe two or three, that uh, mm -hmm. you ask for permission to talk to them about your divorce. The other people maybe mention it very briefly, but don't go into detail and, and spew about, you know, you divorce all over the place. You're going to lose mm -hmm. people all over the place. You're not going to have friends because people don't want to hear about it all the time. 
Right. And right. you don't you don't want to s talk to people anyway and be a big gossip. I had another post about that. You know, gossiping is not good. So pick very few, maybe two or three people that you trust and ask permission if you can talk to them on a regular basis about what you're going through because it's mm -hmm. important to have a few people to talk to. And mm -hmm. uh, I actually asked one of them to call me on a regular basis because I didn't want to be a bother. So I asked him to actually call me the first six months to just have mm -hmm. somebody to talk to. Coming to the books that you read, you already mentioned one. Do you have any other books that you recommend for somebody that's gone through heartbreak? I have a couple. My therapist, when I first sat down in the chair, she's like, I have a book I want you to read. And I said, okay. And she said, The Four Agreements by yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz. And the four agreements are um, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And it's yeah. just great advice. I think That's I have a, a hard good time advice with for don't anybody. take anything personally. Mm, I'm bad about making assumptions. I do. Mm, I'm bad about that too. Oh yeah. I have a very easy time, especially when you're like on TikTok and uh, you have a bunch of comments. I have fairly thick skin, so mm -hmm. I, it doesn't really bother me. Right. I don't know. I think that's a training, and I think TikTok is pretty good for training your to get the thicker skin. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of people who comment. Yeah. Just ignore them. I just ignore yeah. them. Or just block them. You know, if you have yeah, people that, uh, a lot of times they're just very hurt, and they're just throwing up their, their hurt. So no, I actually started you. listening to uh, YouTube videos about, you know, humor. So, some of the, uh, like, YouTube videos are mm -hmm. uh, humor ones. And I also have guys that, uh, or girls uh, on the TikTok that are involved humor all the time. So that's, uh, mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, in general, very, it's, uh, it's healthy as well. It's uh, like, mm -hmm. uh, it's proven that, uh, you know, you, you feel better as you laugh. Now, yes. if you back up a little bit again and see, okay. going through the divorce, did you learn anything about yourself that you've changed that you feel that prior to the, the divorce, you were a, a certain way and then you have changed things? I know that you changed your image, but uh, mm -hmm. was it something in, in you as a personality that you feel like, okay, this is actually something I'm a different person for me for example I thought it was important for for me to show that I have a nice car I have a nice home mm -hmm. I have a perfect marriage uh, pretending having masks up and when everything cr came crumbling down I couldn't show that and I just had to become authentic and it was mm -hmm. probably the healthiest thing for me to have those walls come down and to be able to be me I love being me but I wasn't mm -hmm. myself for a long time because of uh, what society wants you to look like and pressures from outside to look a certain way. And I don't know if it's yeah. something that you feel that helped you, you know, like the divorce helped you, you know. Right. Me, it's more the lesson it taught me of how I'd want a future partner, how yeah. I would treat them now versus yeah. I think I was wrapped up in, you know, you have to take accountability for what, your role in the, you know, your destruction of your divorce played. And I really had to, I can't all blame him, him, him. There's had to be me. I mean, I had to contribute somehow. And sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what I did after you, it's part of the process, I think, of 
my rebranding. And I think what I did was I got so focused on my kids that I didn't focus on us. And now I feel like when I look for a future partner, I want to cherish them. I want to be more present. I think I was not present. I was more involved with my phone or my kids than probably them. And they didn't feel like they were important. So I want to make sure that whoever I'm with in the future, that I make them a priority. That's uh, awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, that's my goal because I think you, you receive what you give. I feel like if I cherish and love somebody, they should love you in return. I think I wasn't receiving love and I wasn't giving love either because I didn't feel loved. Yeah. So, but I know we talked about the five love languages, but those are huge. I think it's important, you know, love needs to be unconditional. And Mm -hmm. um, I know when you go through the, the difficult, when you have big changes in the family, for example, when you have kids coming into your family, it's very easy. I think it was the same thing in our relationship. I felt very neglected. We had four kids and we had a lot of medical issues with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so that took a lot of time. So my ex-wife, she spent a lot of time with the kids, but I felt very neglected in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's a very important balance because if you don't have a good relationship, everything else is going to be impacted. So I think it's, right. it's crucial mm-hmm. to really care for each other uh, right. and have that as a priority. Mm-hmm. Of course, you need to uh, take care of the kids, but uh, to have that as a primary thing. When I coach couples, I use a book and dating in relationships mm-hmm. is so crucial. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you date for the first year and then it kind of like right. withers out. And right. uh, to stay in that dating and curiosity in right. a relationship and being curious about that person, asking open-ended questions and always being curious and wanting to know the person and having conversations on a regular basis. I, I think that's really awesome. That's a great epiphany maybe or being aware of that. Really good. Anything else that you feel like you learned from your divorce? That was probably the biggest thing. It's just probably just having more understanding in general with everybody. I just remember, you know, you think everybody has a happy marriage. When you look at Facebook and social media, everybody posts the happy pictures, but you never know what's going on inside their house. Yeah. And I always had that, you know, misconception that, oh, they're so happy. And here I was just my head in the clouds and here my marriage was falling apart and I didn't even know it until it was over. And I mean, just thinking to myself, you just don't know what's going on in people's homes behind closed doors. And even though they might post some great pictures on social media, you just don't know. And I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I went on vacation with my girlfriends just recently and I'm, you see all the couples and part of me says I'm jealous of them. And, but then sometimes I'm like, maybe they're jealous of me because I don't have to answer <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I can do what I want. I can uh, go anywhere I want. I, I mean, I don't have to ask anyone for permission yeah. or forgiveness. Honestly, yeah. I can do whatever I want now. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm jealous of them, but I bet you, and I bet you they are jealous of me too, you know, yeah. cause you know, I feel like I'm living my best life. And I think 
that's the best thing. Some people want revenge on their ex or whatever, but I think the best revenge is being stronger, showing them that you are um, resilient, you have rose from the ashes and come up to an to be a new, better person, and... But do you really want revenge? No, I don't want revenge. Okay. I'll let karma take care of that. <laughs> the best revenge is me uh, being a better person. Yeah. I feel like I'm a better version of myself now, and I'm happier. Yeah. And that's the best thing, is to show them that I'm happy, and no, I don't want revenge. I, the other person can have my ex. I'll send them a fruit I, I, basket I, I, later. I know it's, it's so difficult to go through, but... Uh, yeah. What I've come to a point, you know, I started dating very early on, right after the divorce was when the mm -hmm. papers were signed for the first year. I dated for a year, but I just dated because I was lonely and depressed and wanted connection. But then right. I just realized I was dating for the wrong reason. And right. I stopped dating for two years. And I really spent a lot of time finding myself, loving mm -hmm. myself. And I came to a point mm -hmm. where... I wasn't lonely, but I was by myself, but I was not lonely. And I think mm -hmm. that's a, a very good sign when you can be by yourself. Like I'm in my house right now by myself. I'm not mm -hmm. lonely um, right. and I'm right. not desperate. But if you're desperate exactly. out looking for, for uh, a new mate, you're going to yeah. find another desperate person. You're going to attract what you project, I usually say. Yes. So if, if you're sad, lonely and depressed, you can yes. have another yes. person uh, like that in a relationship. And that's exactly. not a very good start on a relationship. No, that's what this, this season says in the book. Water seeks its own level. I mean, if you're healed and healthy, you're going to find someone who's healed and healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's the key thing is to, how to get comfortable being alone by yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard concept for a lot of people. Especially when you're empty nesters or your kids are at the opposite house, the co-parenting, yeah. when you're by yourself, is to be by yourself. I mean, that's the time where you need to do the self-care, where you need to go get your nails done, go soak in the tub, read books. I mean, you don't have to read self-help books, but just read or listen to music. I mean, it's, it's your time to just energize yourself and connect with your friends go out with some friends. i think that's one of the biggest keys for me was to develop new friendships that yes. really helped me yeah i played a lot of tennis and golf when i was uh, in my teens and early 20s but then i just quit playing tennis i didn't play tennis for 30 years and then i picked it up like three years ago and mm -hmm. that's amazing community yes. uh, of people and I, i'm going there tomorrow we have a mixed uh, doubles tournament mm -hmm. so it's a very good to fi find your mate too yeah, that's where i go. found my uh, girlfriend <laughs> but it's like uh, organically finding right. uh, you know both friends right. but if you're lucky maybe you find your new romantic right. partner in the future right. i play playing pickleball. pickleball i started playing pickleball and i don't know i mean pickleball is very easy so i highly recommend pickleball it's fun you don't have to be super athletic Yes, I've dated a few pickleball people. How did that go? <laughs> I'm still single, pair. <laughs> so you know, it didn't go too well. But then you have to see them on the court. 
I'm friends with them. I mean, I'll play with them and say hi. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's a little awkward at first, but we get past it. I think that helps you <laughs> thicken your skin a little bit. It does. I mean, you have to have thick skin in the dating world. Yeah. Because like you're either sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. It's uh, hard it, to it's, find somebody. It's hard. I live in Dallas. It's overwhelming. But uh, the dating can be very, especially when you start out with dating, you're not used to. So initially it can be a good practice. You know, you just go out and date and, and have the attitude of finding new friends and right. uh, not being in that rush. Also to develop friendships, for example, in organic places where you mm -hmm. can go out. For example, for me, it was definitely tennis, probably the, the primary spot. I have so many awesome friends, but mm -hmm. uh, also in... Uh, my life group at church, they were so supportive the whole time. Mm -hmm. And starting to develop those friend circles where you can really get to know people. Because so many people are dealing with loneliness, to really nice. reach out, to join different circles, different places. If you like sports, join that. Or maybe you like mm -hmm. painting. Find right. some people that paint or right. um, whatever it is that interests you to reach mm -hmm. out in different ways and uh, right. start getting connected with people and start right. talking to people. Yeah, the Meetup app is a really good yeah. resource. Absolutely, to, that's, that's a great resource. That's where I found my divorce group. Yeah. Was, uh, and it was an all women's divorce group, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, and so for guys that listening, you know, the sad thing is that um, a lot of the divorce groups are just about women. <laughs> like the one I went to at our church. It was we don't like, want men there. I, I think it was two guys <laughs> and 20 women. It was like, you, you feel kind of out, out of place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, those are good odds. You got some <laughs> yeah. for you. If you're, if you're hunting. <laughs> if you're hunting. <laughs> yeah. So we're going towards the end of the podcast, and I always ask a question that's, if you're talking to someone that's just, it can be somebody listening right now uh, okay. or somebody that will listen to the podcast later on and they're just going through divorce, they just uh, started the process and they're in that very depressed state, lonely. What would your advice be uh, for that person? I would just say start journaling. There's prompts you can Google I think I Googled, because I've never journaled in my life, never had a diary, never had anything. So I went to the store, bought a journal, bought a nice pen, because I like a certain type of pen to write with. Yeah. And I just Googled healing journal prompts. And I would write down the question and just start answering the question. And it, I probably filled up, I don't know how many journals at first, when I first went through it. I mean, now I've kind of not journaled for a while unless I have a, a bad date or something that I need to journal about. <laughs> but, I mean, that really helped me is journaling and affirmations. I think those are the two things to kind of start with is just oh. that positive self-talk and just not to blame yourself. Just say you were enough. And that person just wasn't the right one for you. And you will find somebody someday. And I think not focusing too much on the future or the past. You need to just live in the present because... I love that. The past, 
you get depressed. That leads to depression. When you think of the future, that gives you anxiety. Yeah. You have to live in the moment at that time and just focus on the moment Just and just try not to think behind or in front. Just really focus on the current moment because that's what really I had to work on is not focusing on the future. That's where I really had a hard time with. I think that's very easy because a lot of times you, you're dealing with a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times fear can creep in. For example, if you're a stay-at-home mom, then mm -hmm. what am I going to do for a profession? If you have to change right. profession or start, start working, you haven't worked mm -hmm. in a very long time, these fears will creep in. And yes. it's such a good advice, both with the affirmations, staying present. One thing that I started doing was meditation. And meditation, some people think is like this weird thing. It's just breathing technique to help you to stay present. All you do is to, to breathe in, you focus on your breath, that the breath is coming in through your nose, going out through your mouth, mm -hmm. and it really helps you staying present. Great mm -hmm. exercise. And just start with a few minutes uh, at a time. You don't have to do it for hours. Is there like YouTube videos or... YouTube videos, or even okay. if you have an Apple Watch, it has an app in there built I in, an Apple off. app. I don't like that feature. It, no, it's great, <laughs> it, but you don't have breathe. to. Breathe. Yeah, it's called Breathe. It's a great <laughs> yes. little app for meditation. Turn mine off. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually how I got started with meditation, with that okay. app. And uh, if you call it meditation or breathing app, but just meditation is great okay. for staying present, to learn how yes. to stay present because when you sit still and just close your eyes, so many thoughts are going to bombard you. Mm -hmm. But if you really learn how to use your brain to focus on one thing, that's what you're doing when you meditate. You right. just focus on where does the air go in through your mouth. So these other thoughts can't occupy your brain right. because you have right. to focus on the breath. And mm -hmm. when you start learning that, you become more present. So it's such a great exercise. That's a good exercise. And I recommend exercise. that for anybody to do on a daily basis. I journal all the time. And journaling doesn't have to be in this fancy book. I buy really mm -hmm. cheap ones. Mm -hmm. I scribble all over it. I have one right now. I just scribble. And then mm -hmm. next page. And so you don't think about, oh, that's an expensive one. So I, I bought these expensive ones initially. And I didn't write mm -hmm. in them because I didn't want to use up the pages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. True. And mine are just blank. You can buy one with yeah. the, that they're pre-done and where you have all right. your... the prompts. Your, yeah, prompts. So mm -hmm. either one, I've tried both. I like the blank ones where I just kind of like scribble down what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and the affirmation is really awesome. I am enough. I am worthy. I am funny. Yes. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Such oh, yeah. a great ending on the podcast, on the positive note, how you can really turn that very difficult thing because right. when you start learning these habits these new habits mm -hmm. that we just talked about that's mm -hmm. going to help you into a, a new life and that life will be a lot better than your previous life if you start taking these steps on a daily mm -hmm. basis to turn this uh, divorce that's something ugly to turn it into something good to mm -hmm. make it that catalyst a lot of people think is really bad but to turn it into something that really made you start thinking and, and changing your direction of your life. And uh, right. one thing I was going to end with, I've heard this say, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about that, mm -hmm. but when you can start implement that in your life, 
your life will take a very different uh, path because a lot of times you feel, okay, they, this happened to me, the divorce, or this difficult thing happened to me. But I see my divorce that something happened for me because I was able to turn my life into fully 180 degree, a very different direction, which I love. I love my life. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, Marie, thank you so much for being on the Thanks podcast. It's just a pleasure just both getting to know you and hearing your story. And uh, I, I know so many people are going to be encouraged by listening to the story. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun.